0: on tap how we looking how we looking good to have you bill michaels show on board today got our uh, good buddy ben Kenny producing the program back in studio so ben how was big 10 media day man oh it was terrific i was sad that i missed
1: the first day of packers training camp and reacting to all of the tweets of throws to maybe a Danny Davis in the corner of the end zone, but we enjoyed ourselves. Had two great days of radio, <laughs> had a lot of good interviews, really seminal moments in this station's history,
0: uh, given that Zach finally got to ask Brett Bielema to unblock him on Twitter. Uh, yeah, we- I want to get into that. Uh, I want to hear that coming up because that's, that's, uh, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Um, the back and forth between. Z- now, was it uh, without us getting uh, into the audio yet? Was it heated? Was it jovial? Was Brett kind of, oh, well, you know, uh, Zach, uh, you know, I got a big ass And, you know, was, was it stuff like that? Or uh, how was it? It was
1: brief, definitely. I, I think it took a lot of mustering to get the question out because it, it is kind of unprofessional in a way. You know? Sure. Like, hey, you're block, you block me on Twitter. And your wife does, too. So can you both unblock me? It was very yeah. brief. And I
0: think Brett's answer was quite funny. But he was Awesome. <clears throat> awesome. Okay, so we got all that coming up to look forward to, and only on this particular station and on this particular network. So I like that. That's good stuff. What did I, I miss, most importantly? Um, most importantly was yesterday's opening uh, to the preseason training camp pressers in which uh, the announcement was made that David Bakhtiari uh, had yet another surgery. They call it a procedure, but we all know what it is. Whether it's arthroscopic or cutting you open, the bottom line is they had to go back in and do something else. They won't tell us what, Red China, you know. But nevertheless, they uh, they said he had another procedure procedure, uh, in the offseason and that he's just not ready yet. So we had that. I mean, it's always tough going from Hall of Famer to Hall of Famer. And then there's Alan Lazard. At least uh, the tongue-in-cheek, half-smiling, if you saw the presser, uh presser with aaron Rodgers yesterday as he said it's tough going from hall of famer to hall of famer meaning Devontae adams to alan lazard smile wink (laughs) so so that it took place as uh as he uh alluded to the fact that alan lazard is gonna certainly be elevated when it comes to the number of catches don't forget i mean alan lazard has had 40 50 catches over the last few years anyway. So now what you're asking him to do, if indeed he elevates to a number one, can he get 20 to 30 more catches? Can he continue to move the sticks? So that's kind of what you're you're asking Alizar to do, or collectively, can the others do it as well? So anyway, you had that going on. We're going to hear a lot today. Um, Mike Clemens, uh last night, uh, did, were you watching your email as uh, Mike began to blow it up? Oh, yes. I was watching it because we had some
1: Kenny and Heilprin conversations going on with the interviews and the audio and such. And then I opened it and refreshed, and then I had 22 unread emails. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it was um, Mike has been doing yeoman's work. So uh, there's Jair Alexander, Mason Crosby. He uh, had a chance to talk with uh, David Bakhtiari, which we're going to hear coming up here in the next uh, segment of the show. Uh, Packers wide receiver Alan Lazard. Uh, so all of that, Mike's going to have uh, training camp reports today as well. So uh, all of that coming up, which is which is awesome. So looking forward to all of that. So we've got it covered, top to bottom for you. So no worry, uh, no worries there. Obviously, now what was the going back to the Big Ten Media Days? What was the other than the Brett Belama? I'll let you know if I'm going to unblock you from Twitter Zach Heilprin, Uh Was there because the, the interview you guys did with Barry Alvarez? was intriguing especially when he got into the nil stuff i could you could you could hear like nothing it was just barry speaking was it just you guys or was he with like a group of reporters no he sat down with
1: us for that interview he did a lot of stuff when he was there with reporters big Mm -hmm. podium
0: stuff a lot of different radio shows but that was only us so how you know i don't i i couldn't get his facial expressions and I've done numerous interviews including one in which I sat down with him in his office so I understand sometimes facial expressions are a little bit different from what though because Barry can be a a bigger than life figure would you agree yeah no doubt I mean so Barry can be he's and still he still look the face of f- Wisconsin football right even though he's retired uh, he's he's still the face of Wisconsin I think for the most part. As of right now, I mean, still obviously very much to do with the committees and such. But when you're sitting there and he's talking about the NIL and one of the significant moments in that when he talked about the governing body, well, if the NCAA isn't going to regulate it, who the hell will? Was that a smile or was that a disgruntled face of we we can't put the blank back in the horse? I think that part was definitely a
1: attitude of defeat in a way that a lot of people share. The interesting yeah. thing to me is right after that, and I'll find the exact clip. Zach asked him about what the solution could be, whether it's breaking away from the NCAA and finding a new conference. And Alvarez started mm-hmm. laughing, and he's kind of like he couldn't really say anything, but he said, "Yeah, that's an answer. You know, that could, in theory, be an right. answer. Right. Right. So, but aside from that, yeah, kind of a you know attitude of definitely defeat and overall irritation at the state of
0: where everything is. Right. Yeah, that's uh, that is, uh, for lack of a better term, a rather telling statement. A rather telling statement regarding Barry Alvarez. I, I know there's a level of frustration there. I, I completely understand that um, because I this what's going on now with the NIL was never intended from the very beginning. This was never intended. It just was. There are so many wide open. It's not even loopholes. It's like garage doors to drive through people not only drove through them and looked through them, they drove trucks through them. And it went from getting student athletes, you know, a little bit of money for pizza and to take their girlfriends out to guys are now signing $5 million deals and they're in high school and it's being used as recruiting tools and, and so on and on. And, and now, I mean, even if you wanted to stand on your high moral ground, you can't, you can, your choice is you can and completely be left in the wind or, you got to jump into that ugly cesspool and begin to fight for recruits and dollars and businesses and different organizational skills when it comes to getting your athletes out there and recognizable. And so, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's not what it was intended to be. And it's blown up faster than it's kind of like the internet. Uh, the internet when really, if you go back to the years that it really kind of first came about, there were certain things it was intended to be, and it was really cool at first. And everybody remembers AOL and then the dial-up and, you know, kind of chit-chatting with friends and such. And then there was this span where Internet technology, the World Wide Web, if you will, WWW, which we don't even say anymore, um, when all of a sudden it just went from just a little bit of communication and some emails to boom, everything was legal. Everything was going on. It was a community Within a community, and there were it was the Wild West. There were no laws, and then you try to put the blank back in a horse, and you just—it's just tough to do. So, uh, that seems to be what's happened to the N- NCAA when it comes to uh, the NIL, without a doubt. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. If you want to find us, please feel free to go ahead and do so. You can uh, also hit us up over on Twitter. Uh, at Bill underscore Michaels at Bill underscore Michaels you can find us there. Ben Kenny is back at Ben Z Kenny at Ben Z Kenny. Uh, you can find him there. Uh, follow us, watch us every day chime in over on the Facebook fan page. go to facebook.com/ the bill Michaels show. as you saw yesterday over on YouTube uh, you can always find us there. go to youtube.com/ bill Michaels show. same things same thing over on Twitch TV if you download the app there. Uh, The email to get a hold of us, thebillmichaels at gmail.com. A great way to take the program anywhere and everywhere, and many of you have been doing it, and I appreciate it. I'm hearing from you all over the country, and that is just simply download the Zone app, Zone Madison, the Zone Madison, W-O-Z-N. Download that app. You can listen to the show live and every day, uh, and including the huddles and such as well, so you can find us there. And don't forget, uh, even after the program, We're on Apple iTunes, we're on Spotify, we're on Google Podcasts. You can find us where all your local podcasts are. This was Barry Alvarez talking with Zach Heilprint and Ben Kenny down at the Big Ten Media Day about the NIL. If you're smart enough and you are unique enough that you can create a social media page that has enough followers where it's valuable and you can make money, more power to you. The thing that I've seen is is schools are educating their players in how they can do that and how they can use um, their visibility as an athlete and, and be creative and make it valuable. So uh, it's not just going out and handing somebody some money. That's that's the thing that, that upset, upsets me, and that's the first thing I said when we talked about this years ago. You cannot allow it to enter into recruiting, and that's what had happened. And then no one penalizes those that did it. And that's that's where it got out of whack. There you go. No one penalized those who used it for recruiting. And that's the argument, is that schools such as Ohio State, such as Texas A&M, they were ahead of the game on this. They went out. They publicly recruited businesses. Like Ryan Day at Ohio State said, we need $13 million in a war chest excuse me what yeah we need that because we got to go out and get recruits now that's when all of this really I think when Ryan Day made that statement it was already being discussed and we knew the battle with Nick Saban and such and and Jimbo Fisher and Texas A&M and what was going on there we knew that argument but when Ryan Day went to a business function and stated, we need $13 million right now in a war chest so we can start bringing in recruits. People went, oh, oh, that's, oh, it's recruiting now. Yep, here it is. And it it, it not only kicked the door open, it blew the doors clean off for this is going to be used as a recruiting tool, without a doubt. So that uh, is, is strong words from Barry Alvarez because basically he's looking for somebody to regulate this thing and they don't have their arms around it. They're not. It sounds like they're not even close to having their arms around it. So that's going on. Also in the world of the Green Bay Packers, the Packers back on the practice field again today. How about them Brewers? Forty-two runs in the homestand. Ha! Oh, what the hell? What happened to the Brewers? Forty-two runs in the homestand. They win again yesterday, beating the Cubs or be, excuse me, beating the Twins in that short two-game series. Forty-two runs in the homestand. And you know, yesterday I started again. We're talking about a short homestand, right? Nothing crazy, nothing really long. But in a short homestand, in a short unofficial second half of the season, they take three out of four from Colorado. They beat the Twins in that two short two game series. Forty two runs are scored. They've got five. They're five and one coming out of the, uh, Coming out of the break, they've got Boston tomorrow night. Six ten start time, by the way, in Beantown, at Fenway. And now I'm getting people that are starting to tweak on, well, I really don't need a bat. You just need to get everybody healthy. It's like five, six games does not make a season. So slow your roll because they can go back into that, that, that swoon as quick as anything. Now they did get some good pitching. Yesterday was an interesting game because early on in that ball game, it was three to three after an inning, inning and a half. And you thought Corbin Burns, man, what the hell? You know, he came out, did not throw well early, and then settled in. Went six strong yesterday, giving up five hits, a majority of those in the first inning, giving up the three runs. After the first, he was smooth. Smooth as butter. Had the one long ball, 11 strikeouts on the day, and did not walk a batter. The ERA goes to 231 on the season. 231 on the season. They got to Archer, they beat him up, they scored six against him, and then just played at insurance runs after the fact. Rowdy Telez going yard once, twice, his 20th, 19th and 20th of the season in the first inning off of Archer with two on. That was a three-run bomb that tied it up and then went again in the fourth inning off of Cotton, and that was a three-run shot. And two outs at that point in time. Luis Urias, he hit his 12th of the season as well. So there you go. Big-time stuff yesterday out of the Brewers who get a 10-4 to win over the Minnesota Twins, and they uh, sweep that short two-game series against Minnesota. Now they head to Beantown. So that's where we're at. That's where we're at. So let's do this. We're going to step away. We're going to come back. We're going to hear some from uh, inside that Packers locker room. Got some of that. We also, don't forget, uh, we have a guest today. Have some guests today. We have got uh, our buddy Pete Doherty uh, of the Green Bay Press-Gazette. Going to be joining us, our buddy Mark Daniels uh, from WNFL Radio is uh, up in Green Bay as well. So we're going to talk with him today as well. Uh, May have one more. May have one. Oh, by the way, Pete Doherty cannot. He uh, just had to uh, cancel. He's going to come back at a later date. they got some stuff going on this afternoon. Uh, But we are going to try to uh, confirm a little bit later. Might have one more guest. Who knows? Might have one more. So anyway. But we've got all kinds of stuff. And uh let's do this when we come back we can also hear from matt lafleur head coach of the green bay packers before he sends his team out onto the practice field he spoke today as well so all of this coming up stay tuned we got a lot more of the bill michael show this portion of it brought to you by our friends at bud light the official beer sponsor of the bill michael sports talk network reminding you one week from today we will be live at the wisconsin state fair inside the bud pavilion the goose island ale house I can't wait. Uh, I was down there yesterday. I got everything worked out with our broadcast uh, technical setup today. And we will be live from the Wisconsin State Fair on day one of the fair. And I, I love it. I can't wait. I'm so looking forward to it. But it's all brought to you by our friends at Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michael Sports Talk Network. And we will see you next Thursday and next Friday at the Budweiser Pavilion for the show, live broadcast from the Wisconsin State Fair. Looking forward. I love state fair. I love fair time more. Of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Coming up here momentarily. Hang in there. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Curley's Waterfront Pub and Grill, right there on Pewaukee Lake. Stop in right next to Smoky's Bait Shop. Today's a beautiful day. Uh, Even if you don't do it today, maybe tomorrow. The weekend's going to be perfect. Maybe drop your boat in there. But uh, if you want to stop in there in the evening, they've got. uh, Excuse me, they've got some music. And you can catch a Brewers game there as well. So they got a lot of good stuff going on. That Smokey's, right next to Smokey's Bait Shop, Curly's Waterfront Pub and Grill, home of the pig porker, and some really, really good pizzas over there. You got to see what that is for yourself, but go to Curly's Waterfront Pub and Grill. Uh, right now you've got uh, Matt LaFleur. He just wrapped up his presser and uh, talking with the media about uh, today, yesterday's practice and the beginning of today. Take a listen.
2: You saw Hanson running with the ones yesterday. What, uh, what stood out about him in the
3: spring that uh, you gave him that opportunity? Yeah, he's a guy that's consistently improved throughout his time here. So, uh, again, you're going to see a lot of different combinations, especially early on in camp, and just allowing guys to compete. And we'll, we'll try to find the best five to go out there and help us win.
4: How long do you kind of take the the personnel groupings that you had in mind coming into camp and and give a sample size before you start shaking things up? How large of a sample size do you need to see from these guys?
3: Well, I think everything's fluid, like I mentioned yesterday. So um, that's just something that typically I don't like to have a script too far in advance, especially with, you know, you have guys coming off PUP or NFI or coming back from injury or you have guys that may unfortunately get injured, so um, all of that's pretty fluid, but we, we usually script out like, you know, three to four days in advance just to keep us uh, in front of everything and make sure our players have the information and whatnot and have a focus, but you know, throughout the course of camp, it, it's so fluid.
0: With, with a bunch of guys, though, is that impacting your runner practice? Like, during the season, there's times where you put, you had two groups going at the same time. Is that... Um, guys prohibiting that at the moment? Yeah,
3: absolutely, no doubt about it. And, um, but I, I think just looking back to a year ago, typically we, we call that a two-spot when, when you got both groups going at the same time. Um, it just allows for a more efficient practice so you don't have to be out there quite as long because I know you guys are always out there with a stopwatch seeing how long we're on the grass. So um, it just allows us to get, get our work in in a more efficient manner. Um, and making sure that everybody gets an, uh, enough reps. Uh, but right now, yeah, anytime you have one position group that's a little down on numbers, it definitely affects that. But, again, last year I don't think we uh, implemented that until about the, the fourth practice or so. And Matt,
4: speaking of time on the field, obviously it was limited to 90 minutes yesterday. I think 105 today. Do you shorten periods or do you just cut out stuff that you would normally do and then you add it when the time
3: limits go up? Yeah, I would say it's both. You know, some periods are a little bit shorter, and then we we definitely cut out some stuff as well. I think we had three team periods yesterday. Today we'll have four with everybody, and then we'll we'll end practice a little early, and then just having a developmental period. That's you know, a, a few plays to make sure that those young guys are continuing to develop. Because I think that's one of the challenges when you do have those time constraints, and certainly we're we're aware of that at all times. Just the amount of volume you're putting on your players I think a coach's natural tendency is to want to be out there forever and and really in the grand scheme of uh, or over the course of training camp it can kind of set you back because if you lose somebody then I mean that that affects every other day down the road so we want to be intentional and smart about how we implement uh, you know all our systems and, and allow these guys to kind of Acclimate themselves back to training camp.
2: Yesterday, we saw an offensive line uh, Jake go from uh, right guard to center, and of course, last year Lucas Patrick with a lot of play, he's moved on. Uh, do you have some other young candidates that you know, can
4: play that unique position that touches the ball in your play?
3: Yeah, I think you're going to see a lot of different guys that, that are going to be in there at center as well, and certainly we know when Elton comes back, he's a guy that can do that. John Runyon will be there. Um, Cole Schneider. I mean, we got a lot of guys that can, can go in and out and, and play that position. Your
4: receivers were making his plays yesterday uh, pretty impressive for the first day, and then speaking of that, just Romeo, his first day seemed to uh, you know, showcase what he had already day one. I know it's, it's just day one, not even passing.
3: Yeah, you said it best. It's just day one. So any, anybody can do something one day. It's, it's how consistently can you do it. And, Can you make those incremental improvements? And that's what we're really looking for. But I thought all all in all, I thought yesterday was a good first day. I I definitely think for the young guys, it was an advantage uh, to come back and have a couple, you know, very light practices to kind of get their mind around that first install. So it'll be interesting to see how they move forward when the volume starts to accumulate throughout the course of training camp and, you know, just how fast they can play. But I, I was happy with... With the performance, I was really happy with our effort, all, you know, across the board. I thought just watching our defense, um, you know, we're really stressing finishing to the football. Uh, you know, those guys were turning and running as, as well as I've ever seen them do it. And, and it's just really about setting standards of, of how we. Operate on a daily basis.
4: With that said, Aaron said that the you know tongue-in-cheek, it's a defensive team now, but the offense got a day yesterday. <laughs> Did you uh, agree with with that assessment with the offense? And even more, how important is it, even being in shorts, to have that kind of you talk about standard competition set as a tone early in camp?
3: Yeah, the the old cliche, iron sharpens iron. So like, um, yeah, you 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 definitely want that you want to try to create as much competition as possible because I think that's going to bring out the best in each other. And so, um, but I don't sit there and and say that was an offensive day or that was a defensive day. Um, You know, you're just really looking at the process of of all the things that you can control and and less about the outcomes, especially early on. How
2: much meaning was there with Juwan Winfrey going out there first with the ones? Is that something that he's kind of... Earned this offseason or is it more
3: happenstance? Well, I think that again, I wouldn't look too much into who's playing where right now or who's rolling with the ones. I think that Juwan's done some really great things here in in terms of just looking back a year ago at training camp. Uh, he was he had a hot start and unfortunately he got dinged up and you know, missed some time and I think that kind of derailed his his progression. But um, you know, he's, he's played some meaningful snaps for us, you know, in, in last season in particular. So he's a guy that has continued to give great effort on a daily basis, and I think you're seeing him improve, and we're excited about him.
0: Matt, how do you thread the needle of knowing when a young player is comfortable enough with you know, the base schemes and, and getting their feet wet
4: and then experimenting with their versatility? Um, I think about a guy like Quay, who could probably give you a lot of different looks on a given uh
0: down in a given game but may not be ready for that how do you you work through that process especially early in camp
3: that's a great question i think i think that's the answer we're all for and i think it's a lot of feel and uh it's our job i think as coaches especially early on to put these guys in the most uncomfortable situations as possible and see how they react And, and, and that's they're going to make mistakes and that's okay um Typically, just like we told our team, I mean that's how you grow you're going to learn from your mistakes um, and so it's just it, it is part of the process, so I can't really give a definitive answer to that, but I think a lot of it is feel and and just seeing how guys handle those moments and we'll get a we'll get a a really good look at it throughout the course of training camp throughout um, the three preseason games, and we'll see where he's at and I think just with any young player. Um, you don't quite always know where it's going to go. And it's a lot of feel, and there's going to be a lot of adjustments, not only throughout training camp, but when you get into the season. Uh, But certainly he is a talented dude. He loves ball. He's attacked it with the right mindset. And so we're really excited about him.
4: I asked you yesterday about cross-training Zach Tom and Sean Ryan, and and you said, we'll see, and then we saw Zach Tom (laughs) and left tackle. Is that something you're just looking to see what what he can give you potentially out there, or is there something about his game that that you think that that serves that side well?
3: Well, certainly we're down on tackles right now anyways. I mean, we've got a couple guys out, and uh, that kind of plays an impact as well. And so you you look at the guys that – could potentially fill in, if need be, in, in that role. And certainly he's had that, that experience. And uh, I do think, like I mentioned yesterday, the more you move younger players, it's, it's hard to, for them to get their footing uh, at a specific position. But uh, he is a smart guy. Again, he, he's, he's got a great mindset and great mentality. And it's not going to be perfect. We realize that. But, uh, again, that's part of the process.
0: There you go, Matt LaFleur. Let's do this. We're, gonna, we're running a little bit late. Let's step away. We'll take a quick break. We'll get back to the second half of this as he addresses uh, the media today prior to training camp. Stay tuned. Uh, more of the Bill Michael Show. This is coming up, and it's brought to you by our friends at the Burn Pit Barbecue. Go to burnpitbbq.com. That is burnpitbbq.com. Sauces, rubs, everything you need for an outstanding barbecue. That's burnpitbbq.com. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Program, glad to have you. Michael, show we continue on. Going to hear from Matt Lafleur. Hey, don't forget our friends at the Water Doctors. Go to h 2 doctors.com for the best water softening system that's out there. That's the Kinetico water softening system. I've had a couple in my lifetime, and I about 20 years ago I went to the Kinetico system, and I have not looked back. It is fantastic, whether it's the taste or non-taste of water or the fact that uh, you use less power, less energy, less detergent in the wash, La- laundry. Also, when you talk about uh, if you have it hooked up to your hose outside, it's great because it doesn't spot your car. Oh my god, that's awesome! And then obviously uh, in the showers as well. It's it's there's no better. Go to h 2 odoctorscom h 2 com. h2o.doctors.com, and don't forget they support veterans and veterans veterans causes as well, like the Custom Canine Service Dog Academy, which they're just great people. So that is the uh the Water Doctors in Waukesha. Uh, let's do this. Let's do this. Let's get back to it. Uh, Matt LaFleur, head coach of the Green Bay Packers, speaking to the media. Here he is. yesterday just about rehab process to get
2: back, and admitted there were even some dark days to get through. How have you seen him kind of approach this whole
3: process? Yeah, Bobby just comes in and he goes right to work, and that's that's what we're looking for. He's, he's got uh, a great mentality. Um, you know, you, you see it. He is a team guy. He wants to be around his guys. And that's tough for any player that has to go through such uh, an extensive rehab process. And I think that it teaches you a lot of lessons along the way as well and just how to handle adversity, and that's, that's part of this game. And the guys that can do it tend to thrive. And I think, um, you know, he's, he's a guy that is, is thriving in that situation, and I can't wait to get him back out there.
1: What are your impressions of, of Royce at tackle? Obviously a guy that's played a lot of guard for you
3: yeah you you know again it's it's early on uh, we we did have him out there a little bit during oTAs and he's a guy that's got that flexibility having played that position before and um you know we're, we're just we'll see where it goes
4: will the plan again be not to play Aaron Rodgers in any preseason games or could all the new faces in the receiving core change that at all or is it too early to tell?
3: I think that's up for discussion so um uh, that's not something that he and I have talked about at this point, but um, yeah, certainly. Again, it's everything's fluid right now.
0: I want to ask about Zach Tom too. <coughs> Excuse me, building on Ryan's question. During um, I think it was during the rookie camp, he talked about being he wanted to be a five position player. Is that a realistic thing? I mean, maybe in the long scheme of it is, but like, is it's a rookie? Is it realistic to be a guy who can play everywhere?
3: Uh, I think that's a it's a great challenge, but uh, you know. We've got a little saying: If if that's his expectation, his work ethic better exceed his expectations, So it's gonna a lot of it's gonna be on him to to be able to go out there and and do it. But um, he certainly he's got the intelligence and the athleticism to do that. Uh, you know, the only guy that I've been around up to this point that's proven it is a guy like Elton. I mean, he can he's he's done it all. So, um, but you know, certainly we're not gonna limit Zach to just any one spot
2: Matt in the past you've spoken about your staff and the division of labor when it comes down to like red zone uh, third down call and things like that has that been I don't even know if you made the transition yet but has transitioning to new guys on the staff has that happened already like do guys know what they're in charge of or is that part of this process
3: yeah no all these guys have have clearly defined roles and you know it's it there is a learning curve there just like there is with anything and you know throughout the course of the the off season and then into training camp and into the preseason games that'll give us a good look at at what it's going to look like how how they present to the guys and um you know I'm excited I'm excited to to hear some some new voices and it's definitely it, it always when you when you get new faces in the building whether it's players coaches whoever it does stimulate some new ideas some new thought
1: hey, can you speak to aaron's impact you've seen it now for a few years especially in a, an initial practice of how he
4: impacts the new players that he's working with just in a short 90 minute
1: window yesterday
3: yeah well i think there's a standard which he number one holds himself to and then i think all the guys kind of see that and the they, they just stand up a little bit straighter in that huddle, so to speak. So, um, he, you know, he, he demands it of himself first and foremost. So, I think that, you know, he, he exemplifies what it looks like to to be a pro, and you know, he's been doing it at a really high level for a really long time. two more, hey Matt, I
1: talked to Adrian Amos yesterday, um, and he said that while the defense, as everyone has said, looks great on paper for them, they feel like they still have a lot to prove. How have you seen the leadership of those guys who came back, Adrian, Dre, Rasul, kind of help focus everyone into what they feel like they could be this season? Yeah, I think
3: that's just that's part of our growth process from now until the end of camp. So uh, by far, we're 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 far from an unfinished product, but certainly we're excited about the possibilities. We're excited about the people, not only not only the player but the people. And I think we've got a lot of great guys that are. Really intelligent that, that worked their ass off on a daily basis. And, um, you know, that, that gets you excited as a coach.
4: I know you don't put any focus into injury timelines anymore, but when you're putting in your installs for offense with so many key guys out, do you just kind of look at what you have on the field there when you're crafting and building your offense, or do you keep in mind that those pieces are, are coming? you expect to come back at some point and and, and kind of building with that in mind as well? Well, I think you
3: you start out with a a general philosophy, and then you put it all on paper and how everything fits, and then uh, you you make adjustments along the way based on who you have available to you. But I would say, you know, you take as much as possible. The the personnel piece always kind of sticks in your mind, but um, you, you try to lay it out how you envision it not necessarily for right now, but maybe for, you know, week 17.
0: Thank
3: you, guys. All right, guys. Have a good one. There you go.
0: Matt LaFleur, head coach of your Green Bay Packers and uh, some of the things that he had to say, but uh, good stuff from Matt LaFleur. So uh, let's do this. We're going to step away. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. Uh, A lot more on the Bill Michael Show and a lot more to hear from. We're going to hear from David Bakhtiari, Alan Lazard, Mason Crosby today, uh, we've got Mark Daniels coming up. Lily Zhao from Fox 6 in Milwaukee going to be joining us a little bit later on today as well. Stay tuned. We got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now
2: a training camp update. In Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers held their first practice in helmets and shorts. Matt LaFleur kicked things off with a morning press conference.
3: You guys don't seem as excited as I am. LaFleur <laughs> begins his fourth season as head coach. It's always exciting just to get everybody back in the, in the building. And I'll tell you what kind of got the juices going was just... One of that soccer match the other night.
2: Packers GM Brian Gutekunst revealed the left tackle David Bakhtiari is on the PUP list after having another knee surgery this spring.
0: Dave had a very significant
1: injury, uh, much more than just an ACL. He did have another procedure you know, in the offseason, but I think that, uh, you know, we're cautiously optimistic.
4: This
2: is the third knee surgery for Bakhtiari in 19 months.
4: Obviously, uh, I had surgery in the offseason. Cleaned it up. Concern level, low really like where I'm at, especially compared to where I was just overall last year.
2: And earlier this week, the Raiders' Devontae Adams was asked what's it going to be like going from Aaron Rodgers to Derek Carr.
3: I mean, anytime you change quarterbacks from, you know, a Hall
0: of Famer to a Hall of Famer, you go, you know... Both are are great players and and great to be around.
2: Aaron Rodgers was asked what it'll be like going from Devontae Adams to Alan Lazard. Yeah, I mean, it's always tough going from Hall of Famer to Hall of Famer.
4: (laughs) You know, from Devontae to to Alan, it's going to be, you know, a transition. That's Packers quarterback Aaron
2: Rodgers. From training camp in Green Bay, I'm Mike Clemens on the Bill Michaels Show.
0: To have you, the best, best man, Mike Clemens, uh, on the ground, live up in uh, up in Green Bay. We'll be talking with Mike a little bit later on at some point, I would assume. Uh, but uh, the Mike Clemens Packer reports, Green and Gold reports, are back, and we're glad to have him. good, good stuff from our buddy Mike Clemens. The uh, phone number 877-867-1670. And uh, to those of you over on the Bud Light live stream, uh, thanks for coming back. Uh, there were some issues here, so technical. I don't, I'm not quite sure exactly what happened. But uh, it is back, it's up, it's running, it uh, looks like everything is good, looks like the numbers are good, so we'll see. Every now and then you just, you know, something dies. Mechanically, technically, something just dies, so I apologize for it. Um. So anyway, coming up after the top of the hour, we're going to hear some more. David Bakhtiari spoke, uh, which was um, rather interesting. Also Alan Lazard spoke. Uh, Mason Crosby, the veteran that is also on the Pup List, spoke so all of that, all of that uh, coming up in, in the next hour. Don't forget, we also uh, are going to be talking with uh, Mark Daniels. Uh, Lily Zal from Fox 6 in Milwaukee is going to be joining us later on today. So we, we got a lot. We're full today. Uh, in the meantime, in the meantime, you've got all the trade rumors circulating. Uh, and one of them uh, has now happened. Uh, the New York Yankees get the uh, all-star outfielder, Andrew, uh, Andrew Benintendi, uh, from the Kansas City Royals. They picked him up. It could be a flurry of moves uh, ahead of next week's trade deadline. And uh, the all-star from Kansas City, that was announced late last night. Yankees are sending three minor league pitching prospects to the Royals in exchange for the 28-year-old. So uh, that deal gets done. The left-handed hitting Ben Benintendi uh, was named to his first career MLB all-star game this season. And through yesterday, he's batting a career-best 320 three dingers, 39 RBIs, 788 OPS, and 93 games thus far this season. And he was eligible for free agency after the season, and it gives Yankees uh, another outfield option alongside Aaron Judge and Aaron Hicks. Giancarlo Stanton, who has played 38 games in the outfield, expected to miss at least a couple of weeks after uh, going on the IL this week with a left Achilles tendonitis. So Joey Gallo hitting 161 with a 103, a 103 th- uh, strikeouts and 230 at bats also becoming a, fan, a frequent target of fan boos in the Bronx. So they needed another guy, so they went after him. So the Yankees just, that that's just the Yankee way. Just the Yankee way. That it's just, hey, we got a guy that's making a ton of money. He's down. We'll go get another guy. Well, we don't care what it is. We'll go get another guy. It's it just. And, and they're really, they're using him for what would as, you would assume would be a three-week stretch, and then they're going to just basically mix him into the lineup. Whereas the Brewers, if they go out and get a bat like Ben Attendees, he's an everyday guy. He's in the lineup damn near every day. The Yankees are like, oh, we just need another guy. We need one for a couple of weeks. We'll go get him. Sure. So it's like, wow. 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 When you just... Again, you go back some years, and I think, I can't remember if it was Ken Maka or Ron Renneke that said it in an, inter- in an interview, who just said, "You as a, as a Brewers fan or the manager or people in the front office, you just kind of feel like it's just not fair. You know? You just kind of feel like it's just not fair. <laughs> that that's the, this is the kind of monolith you're going up against. You just you don't you don't have that ability like the Yankees to just yeah, go we'll, we'll just go get a guy even if we only need him for a couple weeks we'll go get him and you give up three prospects no big deal you'll pay this guy and if you decide to great if you don't nah, no big deal we can throw that money away. Where the Brewers they're they've got guys in the old visors with their sleeves rolled up and the sleeve garters. And they're on those old punch machines trying to kind of calculate every penny and every dollar and where it all goes and what they're doing with it. And they're trying to figure it out for their budget. And the Yankees are like, budget? What? No, go get him. No problem. It just, it just doesn't at times seem fair. You know? Uh, just because, I'm, for lack of a better term, just because. It is what it is. But that is the first uh, domino to fall. Uh, you still keep waiting for Josh Bell uh, there's a few other guys that are, are out there on the trade market you wait and see you wait and see what's gonna what's gonna materialize but you know you know don't we you know that uh that uh there is there's something in the works that there's something in the works for the Brewers you're just not quite sure what it is you know just not quite sure what it is you're hoping the Brewers. I mean, like, look, uh, you know, that we know that uh, San Diego, uh, a leader in the race, they're hoping to land Soto right now. The stri- the Giants, their struggles could change come the deadline. They've got some things going on. The Brewers could be busy at the deadline. Uh, you know, with uh, Benintendi now down, you're looking like you're looking forward to the return of Freddie Peralta. But what else are they going to get? They, uh, you know, obviously would like a bat, even though they're hitting the hell out of the baseball right now. Um there's a lot of um thought about the cubs, Ian Happ, Contreras and company, what they're going to end up doing. So it's there there's a lot going on right now in major league baseball. Uh 877-867-1670 and don't forget the Juan Soto deal. Otani could be moved from the Angels, Luis Castillo and like I mentioned Wilson Contreras to be dealt to contenders. Uh you got the Mets, the Dodgers, the Astros are all going to go all in trying to boost their 2022 World Series hopes. And then there's the Brewers off to the side just looking for some kind of deal, something, anything at this point that you can possibly grab onto to say, hey, we're, we're in this thing too, you know? Um This one is from uh, Anthony, who says, uh, No faith in a wide receiving core and no faith in my Brewers. I'm glad the Brewers are starting to hit the baseball and pound it with regularity. I just don't think they're going to have enough. The Yankees and the Dodgers are always going to be top of the league because they've got the most money to spend. The wide receiving core is iffy at best. Aaron Rodgers can upplay it all he wants, but Alan Lazard is always going to be a second-tier wide receiver. I like him. I just don't think he has the chops to be there. Um, boy, there's a lot to absorb there, although it's just basically statements and thoughts. But, uh, the the whole thing about Alan Lazard being suddenly a number one, I, until he is, I will agree with you. You know what I mean? I look, I, I think we're popping up a lot of hope. I think there's a lot of people saying, yeah, this is great. On paper, he's hitting them down the sidelines. He's making great throws in training camp, but there's really nobody on him. You're not talking about pads. You're not talking about games. You're not talking about any of that as of right now. So, I, you know, I'm not – I think he's – I think collectively they're good. They're not great. And you really have to hope for the maturity uh, of the rookies, a very fast maturity of the rookies. And then Sammy Watkins has to have an injury-free comeback year for this thing really to matriculate the way you want it. It, it. That's just my opinion. But I don't think the offense is going to change dramatically. I think it's going to change, but not dramatically. Stay tuned. We got a lot more to get to. A lot more. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends in New Mail Medical, treating guys with ED all over the state of Wisconsin, well beyond the borders as well. will one, one phone number to get to. 414-455-4451, whether it's ED, low tier, you just want to start looking better, shedding some pounds. 414-455-4451, that's the New Male Medical Center. More to come, coming up on The Bill Michaels Show, right after this. The Bill Michaels Show podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.